I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Uh, good evening, Tom. How are you? Very well. How are you? Marvellous. Good, good, good. Lovely to hear. And Brad. Brad, hello. Hello, Tom. You all right? Yeah, good. I didn't full name review that time, which is out of the ordinary, so I can't pre-record this like I joke about every single week because I do tend to change every single time. But um, I felt like I didn't need to pre-record you. I mean, also, I felt like I was going to shout at Jason because his name's come in full capitals on Skype, but... Um, yeah, Mo- moving on. We're, uh... we're not married. We're not married, so you can not bother. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a word. Um, good week last week in the end for the podcast. Um, obviously, yeah. one-two finish on the DP World Tour, and uh, you you done it again, Jason, with the old JC Poston whispering. Although you didn't quite get over the line, but it was pretty impressive throughout most of the week. Yeah, I mean, well done, well done, both of you for doing what you did on the European Tour. But yeah, yeah, Poston. I thought I never thought he was going to be out the eight. Yeah. Um, and the double bogey on whatever it was six or seven yesterday that did him. Yeah. And and he you know he played yeah, he played well. What can you do? You don't mind getting beat by Rom. No. That's what he's doing. No. But in the end, as you know, um, Davis Thompson probably that putt, whatever it was, however long it was, that that hit the flag. Yeah. Um, that could have been the difference between that and, and one of the four to follow actually winning on his. I bet he's having nightmares over that, not taking the flag out. I think. But if, I, if he spoke to, you know, what I mean, if he spoke to Fitzpatrick, I'm sure Fitz will tell him it's a great thing. So. Yeah, mm. I think I think it's one of those ones where like you just assume because it was there and it did what it did. Like if it wasn't there, it'd go in and, and vice versa, and you, you, you never know, do you? Um, yeah. I think I think you know ultimately it's weird because I was kind of watching that tail end of that. I didn't really get into the event because it kind of just went ridiculously low scoring even for you know it's no nature and I kind of lost a bit of interest um but I started watching the sort of tail end just to see kind of how Rahm did and how Thompson did and to be honest Rahm was looking a little bit flappable at times and then I thought Thompson was looking really steady but then when you look at it didn't make a single birdie from 12 to 18 you think well you know in that type of event you can't afford to do that and when you look at Poston's card as well I mean Obviously, yes, he had that double bogey, but he only birdied one of the four par fives. Like, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's almost like Jace. It was it was it was there to be won for him. You know, I know you can't just give people birdies on par fives, but that's the type of event it is. Um, you know, you look you look at birdies on there and the double here or there, and you know, it it always seems like oh yeah, Ryan was going to win, and you know he did, and it was cruise control. But there were certainly opportunities for three, four, five of the players at the top, Montgomery included, to uh, to really challenge for that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of it. I saw, you know, most of the end or bits of the end. Um, yeah, it's the way it is. I mean, Rob, can you, you can't possibly have a go at him. No. I mean, what he's doing is he's the best player. You know, I know we say it all the time, and it flips between certain players um, because that's the way the world is. It can't be great all the time. It's continue to say you're not Tiger Woods. Hmm. Um, and yeah, he's he's. It's just that incredible what he's doing. Um, he's totally dominating. How he's only third in the world at the moment, obviously, is down to calculations, etc., etc. But the way he's playing at the moment, there's no question. There's no question. He's just virtually unbeatable. I he think... just puts his foot. He puts his foot down at the right time, and he does stay there. Yeah, I think he could have got beat last night, but 
at the end of the day then mm-hmm. you know better record show your honor yeah exactly i think i think a better player beats him last night and so not better player but a better more experienced winner would beat him last night but it's, it's irrelevant you know he, he did what he needs to do in one um and i think when you look at the old OWGR rankings i think he actually already would have got to number one by now and now he's just tacked on another win as well so um interesting stuff but quickly back to the dp world tour and then we'll go into this week's event uh brad a little bit of palpitations for perez on on the final hole um, mm. Obviously, uh, having Mimu yeah. Lee, I, I felt a little bit more relaxed. But you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what he was doing at the last hole. He was absolutely superb oh. all day. Um, you know, Victor Perez of 2019-2020, um, you know, shooing for Ryder Cup spot type performance, and then <laughs> out of nowhere, the 18th happened. Yeah. No. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't remind me. That was. Uh... A moment of madness just when it's all been going so well obviously that bunker shot was a bit special i don't i think that's in probably in top three bunker shots i've ever seen mm. um and yeah obviously it just had everyone who backed him just crapping their panties at that point i thought he'd lost the ball like he proper um mishit it didn't he um but yeah he got the job done just enough i bet you were worried about soderberg yeah like, that, that was my fear i remember you were speaking about it earlier and and you know, we were sort of talking in the, in the group chat, and I said, "Ah, oh, Soderberg will win now." You know, having having the top two at the top, they were both tied for the lead at one point, and then Soderberg has a chance with his third shot, and then misses the green. You think, "Ah, oh, yeah, thank God for that." He dodged a bullet, and then them two are at it. Um, you know, Mimbu Lee bogeys the seventeenth, and you know, you think mm-hmm. he's out of it. Um, yeah, I just I really like that golf course, and you know, it's probably a bit of a bias because you know, recent Bessie results, and obviously having Peters last year and stuff, but like. I think it's a really good test. Like it brings everybody into it, um, old, experienced, and and new, and you know, just it doesn't really matter what sort of skill set you have, as long as you can get it around that type of course, it seems to appeal to most. So, okay. I think yeah, I think I was pretty impressed with the golf course. Very impressed with a lot of the performances. Um, I thought Padraig Harrington was, you know, pretty eye catching. What he's been doing to carry on that kind of Champions Tour form. You look at the fact he shot. You know, second round 73 of a double and he's actually only finished two shots short you know so it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty impressive form I mean, even Soderberg I mean didn't he come back from like a triple bogey on the eighth on Saturday he didn't did, he yeah. at the par three um he, he was his scoring was electric I had at one point I thought oh, you know I, I basically had um Perez's top French Francesco Modenari as top Italian Alex Noron as top Swede and then luckily it was already losing because I put Jazz John Watson on in as top Asian um, so I had nothing really to worry about, but I was like, you know, typically like that. that I thought all three of those were going to come in, and then obviously Soderberg just starts eclipsing Norren, who again struggled a little bit to kind of push through. But I think there was he better Norren though, didn't he? As the week went yeah, on, yeah. Like... like I think he relished being in the mix again um, <laughs> and started rolling some putts. But I thought, to be honest, Mimu Lee was absolutely great. I thought he he missed that eagle putt on. He didn't miss it. He hit a really good eagle putt on the seventh, and it didn't drop uh, and they had yeah. a couple of close shows of birdie so I think that could have gone either way and I think I think Perez did deserve it and I think um, I'm sort of glad he won but if that had gone to either of those two players I think they both deserved it and probably even Soderbergh yeah. to be honest you know how he come back from that so um, yeah all in all good week good to see kind of likes of Molinari and that coming back into the fold um, but yeah I was, I was impressed I, I, I think and I don't know if Victor Perez has got a special microphone but mm. The sound of his shot and that that bunker shot 
the sound when he hit the ball mm. was exactly the same as it was back in Wentworth when he was second, which caused me to back him about six times since and lose every time. <laughs> so, well done you, but it was exactly the same. So I yeah. don't know. It may well be just fluke, obviously. They're all great, and I'm sure they all sound exactly the same. But it was instant. I just saw it and went, that just sounds exactly like that when I, when I heard him at Wentworth. So, yeah, I, I, think he, I, I think he is capable of being like a leading player on the, you know, we think about kind of like what Fox did last year and Smith, and I think he's capable of doing that and being that consistent. And, you know, we saw it when he stepped up to the players and WGCs and things like that. Like, he's, he's a really impressive performer and for all intents and purposes, really, you know, shouldn't have missed out on the Ryder Cup spot in the end and did, uh, which was a shame. So I think he, you know, he's definitely going to try and get himself back into that mix. And, you know, I hope he makes that team with the way he's been playing. So, yeah. Yes, let, let's go on to the actual event this week itself then. Uh, the Dubai Desert Classic golf course that we're you know, very, very familiar with, uh, unlike Yas Links, which is obviously much newer. Uh, back to, to something we know. Um, Roy McIlroy is the 7-2 favourite. Tyrrell Hatton, 12-1. Shane Larry, 18-1. Fleetwood, 18-1. Mimuli, 22-1. We'll stop there for now. Got a clear favourite this time. It's not, it's not as bunched, obviously, with McElroy being the standout favourite. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton actually quite clear of Lowry and Fleetwood, which I'm a little bit surprised about, only because, you know, maybe there's a lot of emphasis on that one final round. Um, mm. I know he's got three top four finishes here, and Fleetwood's record here isn't what it is in Abu Dhabi, but, you know, I, I was surprised that there was that much of a difference between them. Um, but Brad... What do we what do we do when Rory McIlroy turns up to these sort of events? Well, it's Rory McIlroy, so he could quite easily just blow the field. If he, but he's, at the same time, he doesn't he's, he doesn't show that he's the best at winning. I mean, you sometimes when he gets in these uh, positions, these are type of events you think he's just gonna you know, lead the field, win the event. But it doesn't always the case. But also, I'd like to see that he's been playing like even if he played the Heroes Cup, he, he's coming in with a little bit of rust. Um, so I happily take him on this week. Yeah. Since his win at the RBC Canadian Open, fifth, nineteenth, third, one miscut, and then eighth, first, second, fourth, fourth, first, fourth. It's it's a ridiculous run. Um, he obviously is the best player in the world at the moment, according to the rankings. I think Ram has probably pipped him now, um, but Rory has his chance to to kind of get back in the spot. Jace, do you, do you just kind of relish the fact that he boosts out everybody else's prices in these sort of events and just hope to take him on? Should win, shouldn't he? Mm. I mean, that's it. He, he should win. Um, and, and the problem is, I actually think they're a bit tight on, on quite a lot of the next, I don't know, 10 players. Mm. Um, not that I don't fancy any of them, but I do I do think they're a bit tight. I think this head-to-head with Rory, I, despite their quality, I, I see him winning. So, I, I, no way could you back him at that price. No. Um, I haven't seen if there's a without Rory market. I presume there will be, like there is without raw market in a couple places already um it's difficult you know I, I, what do you do we all know we all know he should win um, and yeah. if he's there he probably will win but as brad rightly says he doesn't always do it but how can you you can't win every golf tournament you enter can you um, no but even like this this event 12 months ago he had a a, a brilliant chance of winning yeah. it and didn't didn't he i think he did he put it in the water on the last he, de- he definitely did something didn't he to miss that playoff with yeah Land yeah and yeah and I say this every single year that we do this. Hmm. Back in whenever it was that he beat um, Justin Rose, hmm. he played well, but Rose was was flying on finals day, um, and got you know got close enough to him to not matter. So yeah, you know, it's, 
it's golf, isn't it? It's it's punting, and you, you only need a few that roll in a, a few putts. So again, I refer to the likes of Guido, who should have won against Richard Blair. It should have won. I say should. He couldn't help it, hmm. right? He did miss one five point that was wrong. But again, Blandy found putts. You look at Wilson against Ferguson. He just found putts. It happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a question of whether you think that, you know, if they played this 10 times, he would win three or four of them. I think I think, I think that's the thing, there. isn't it? Like, it's it's very different getting beat like you had with Ferguson. And, and you know, when, when it's actually him throwing it away is when it kind of causes a concern. And then he just goes but on. Who do- who doesn't, Tom? We just spoke about we just spoke about John Rahm nearly. You know, yeah. and these, you're talking about the two best, without question, the current two best players. Yeah, clear in, of in the world over yeah. the last over the last what three months. I know we haven't had a lot of golf, but without question. So, you know, it, it's not about that. It's about price, isn't it? That, that's don't ultimately don't all fancy the the Rory Rahm double chase. It's going to be a popular double this week, isn't it? Yeah. I well, don't see why not. I used to I used to do the um, like the Westwood Ls, Westwood. Uh, Woods doubles, but I mean, you know, uh, Els, Els, Woods across yeah. always used to do them, and, and very rarely were you let down, certainly not as, as a place double anyway. Hmm. Um, top eight, so if you can get top eight for both, the each way double does look like, you know, I don't know what it works out because I haven't worked it out, but the places, I don't know what profit you make, but it looks. I think know, it's something to like 15, 20 to 1, it's not, it's not even. And of course, of course, Brad. If, if Rory was to win, you can then do what you want with with the bet going on to going on to Rahm. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Um, it's difficult. I'm not, I'm not. I don't really want to be there betting at three to one and seven to two um, across. It. And and it's not what we do. It's not why we do this. No, um, no I think if people yeah, listen to this I, to find that out, I, I think. I okay. Interestingly, who do you think is a better bet at seven to two, Rory in this or or Rahm over there? I know we're not covering it yet, but. Who's the better bet at the same price, for example? Uh, Rahm. Interesting. Uh, okay. I say Rory. I, I thought I'd have to say Rory just because of level of field. Uh, yeah, you, harder over there. But, but I think I th- initially thought that. But when you think about the people, but I know you've obviously got four, four others of the top ten, but the, the people behind Rahm, you know, in terms of world rankings, they're not the best at this golf course. And... Mm-hmm. At, far, at Tory Pines, and I just think that his skill set stretches him so far away from the other players. Like once you get past the the Thomas and the Morikawa's and the Zanders and whatever's Alatoris, like it's a decent drop off again. Like that that mm-hmm. field's not very deep when you look at it, you know, in in you know from a macro sense. So I think obviously Rory should probably be. When you say Rory McIlroy in a DP World Tour event, he should be far and away, whereas the, the PJ Tour is Rahm's level, if you like. But yeah, I just I just think that with the propensity that that Rory does seem to have some struggles in the final round, especially when he, yeah. when he I think it's when he is expected to win, like when he's just better than everybody else and he's expected to win is when he seems to. I don't think he yeah. struggles with that introspectively, but I think like that's when we seem to feel lit down by him, whereas I think Rahm mm-hmm. can just kind of elevate that. I don't know. I just think Rahm's on some kind of tear at the moment. Um, probably value-wise, Rory's better, but I just think gut feeling. I think Rahm's got a better chance of winning the. It farmers. happens that we we see him go on there. You know, Scotty Scheffler's done it. You know, hmm. uh, and he's you know to use Matt's um, thing. He's not regressed to the mean, no. but he's not dominating. It you know stuff happens. You know, it's um, very very hard to keep it up. I, I like the fact that Rory's had a break, um, but I can't back him, so it doesn't really matter. 
No. Okay. Well, let's go into the let's go into the next group of players. As far as I know, neither of us, none of us are back in Hatton, Lowry, and Fleetwood. So, I'm sure. going to go back into Minwoo Lee. Uh, reason being, you know, obviously Rory's here now, and that's why the price hasn't moved that much, gone from 25 to 22. But I, like I said at the start of the show, I, I think he done everything right last week. I was really, really impressed with what he did. Uh, I thought his caddy relationship is great. Every time you heard him, it was so definitive. You know, this is what you're going to do. Um, aim for this yardage and every single time he hits it he basically hits it where the caddy said so and, and it was basically right every single time you know barring a couple of yards so um i thought it was really impressive and really and truly yes you can't really afford to make bogeys on 17 when you're charging someone down and you know putts don't always drop but i just thought he was great and you know you're looking again third third ninth 12 fourth third second um it feels like the only one thing's going to happen so I'm going to go with Mimouli again. I feel weird jumping off of him just because he didn't get the job done last week. Uh, and that's it, basically. I know he's obviously got a, he's got one player different to beat this time, and, and it is a very big player. Um, but that's it. That's that's the only situation that's changed, really, for me. So I'm going to go with Mimouli at 22-1. to 1. Jason, I'll come to you first, and then we'll go to Brad. Are you on Robert McIntyre again this week, Jason? <sighs> Sadly, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know how much more I can give. I can give Uncle Bob, um, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go again because, again, last week his position would have been far better had he just patted. Mm. And I know that's the same of an awful lot of uh, an, an awful lot of players. We say it every week, but he's had three runs here. Obviously, he's got eight third, and and last year's missed cut. And, you know, it wasn't great, but don't worry about that. Um, on his debut, 61st after the first round, finished eight. Uh, 2021 is never out of the top five. Uh, obviously had a chance, went went into the um, final group um, on Sunday, and it didn't happen. Uh, I'm I'm praying at some point. I, I still think McIntyre's slightly immature on the golf course. Um, yeah. I still think there's a bit to learn about <laughs> him. Um, but I, look, look we, you've covered when you said about Minwoo Lee. I think if you fancied someone last week, and we say this every year, I think with these two tournaments. Yeah. If you fancy someone last week, you very well might as well go in again this week. Um, and, and that was all that let him down, really. I mean, through three rounds last week, his his problem was driving accuracy. Um, I think he was first off, first off the tee, I think. Uh, he was first off the tee. Five off the tee. And he was 56 in driving accuracy for the first three rounds. And yet he was fifth in greens and red. So something's going right. Um you know, and, and again, through three rounds, he was uh, top three in tee to green, off tee, approach, and in eagles. So there's something very right there. I like his, his ball mode. I can ignore a missed cut. I'm not bothered about that. But there's something. You, you know, I, I, I think he's great. I just He's coming to a price where I've got to start thinking about whether, whether I'm going to play play him or not, if, yeah. if he continues to, to let you down. Um, but, you know, it's... Um, it's a game that I, I think when he puts it all together, as you know, I think he'll, he'll win big tournaments. And, and this isn't... Yeah, I mean, OK, it, it used to be scary. I, I liked Hatton. I liked Hatton the way he, he played last week. Yeah. He very, very slowly came up the field. Um, and mm. I think that at 12-1, to 1, I, can, I can leave him. Um, and at 28, just about seven places. Yeah, it's seven places, 28. I, I think Bob will, will come back to this week. He only needs to improve his pattern by... Yeah, literally uh, a small percentage and he'll be right there. Yeah, so he's my first one. I think 
and Brad, I'll come on to you because obviously I know you're a McIntyre yeah. as well. I think just to kind of add a little point to it, I I consider McIntyre actually quite similar to Mimouli and what Jason said there in the sense of he's a little bit immature on you know on the golf course. I think Mimouli is the same. They said they they were pretty good in commentary yesterday. And they sort of said the same thing about Mimouli that like when it's going perfect and you know he's aggressive and it all just works out, he's going to have a great chance. But he is the type of person that can almost play himself out by being too aggressive. And I think that's exactly the same with McIntyre, except that he probably hasn't got that kind of grinding ability with the putter that that maybe Mimuli has. Like he doesn't hold the bonus putts. Maybe it's just a recency bias because we know he can do it, but last week he definitely didn't. Um, so I think I think definitely in terms of matchups, they're both the skill set that you could think that again like what I said about Fox and Smith earlier they're the two players that really from this second tier should be leading the way for the DP World Tour this week this year mm-hmm. definitely no and uh, I absolutely agree like I mean McIntyre is, is, is always someone that I just feel needs a little bit of course management you know he is as you said like a really aggressive player um, he goes for pins um, but yeah at the moment as Jason said um, it is the putter that is causing problems. He hasn't gained strokes putting since the Portugal Masters. And like last week was off the charts, disaster. Like he was ranked 63rd in the field. Um, and I just I just don't see how it can be that bad. He's always a player that I sort of held in high regard as a good putter when he first come through. He always was scaring the hole. Like, so I was, I, just, I can't see how it is got this bad. Um, but, you know, we saw Tom Kim, uh, for example, at the Sony Open. Like, that was an awful... Like, he had an awful week with the putter. Bounced back last week at the Amex with a pretty good stay. Um, I feel as though I've got to stick with Bobby again for this one because, as Jason said, he's he's hit the ball superbly last week. And it's just the putter that let him down. It's a course we know he's shown up on in the past... Um, and I think, you know, with Pires winning last week, I feel as though that could be another little kick up the ass. You know, if he wants to make the Ryder Cup team, he's going to start getting start getting some results. Yeah, so, that, that was the other thing I was going to say, is that like, he must have looked at Perez and gone like, that's probably my direct competition for maybe yeah. the last spot. Um, yeah. You know, you got Nikolai Hoygaard played very, very well at the Hero Cup. And you listen to Donald in the interview, he was saying, they sort of said, did anyone impress you last week? And he, he seemed pretty hesitant to answer, but... He said Nikolai, um, and how well he and I think you know he's McIntyre. I don't know whether he pays attention to that kind of thing, but he's he's heard about Donald liking Nikolai. He must have known that from the Hero Cup anyway. He's then watched Perez win. That that's you know maybe yeah. two or three places that that could be up for grabs. So it's definitely you got to start taking that stuff into account. You know, um, I think the only thing that I would say with that is I don't know if he puts too much pressure on himself. Like I don't know if he did that last time McIntyre, and that's mm-hmm. why he fell off a bit. Um, it's, you know, another year on and another year of seeing his golf courses, another year of just being a professional, it changes things, doesn't it? Like we always say these people, you know, they've got us down so much in the past, we can't back them anymore. And then all of a sudden they just go on a tear. Like it's, it's a fee now, it's a fox, it's all that type of thing. And if they've got the ability, they've got the ability. And, and like a lot of people say, we see these good ball strikers as bad putters because they give themselves so many chances, they're going to miss more, aren't they? You know, if you're, you know, 40 feet from the flag all the time, you're only making bonus putts and that's the only reason you're getting on TV. So, um, if McIntyre is consistently scaring the whole of his irons, he's going to keep coming under pressure to to make the putts. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I think I think for once I'm I'm pretty on board with McIntyre. I haven't gone there myself, but I do I do understand it this week after the performance last week. 
I think this is a good collection of players now. Uh, Lucas Herbert comes back. He's, he's come back from the PJ Tour. He's been playing well. Has won this event in the past. Has finished seventh. Jace, is there anyone between kind of 30 and 80 that stood out to you? Well, I, I think Herbert's actually cracking a bit. Yeah. I, I, I was very close to putting Herbert in and, and in front of McIntyre, but he's not. Yeah, I mean, I think he speaks for himself. It's going to be, um, I think it's reasonably wet over there as well. So he's fantastic short game is going to come into account we know he loves um big conditions he loves he loves bad weather obviously with his heritage um like you say 18 22 first and seventh here over the last four years that win um he beat bez didn't he yeah um that was a fantastic playoff um and again he proved i'd say too long for bez really in the end um and that's going to be an advantage here um he's got portugal form um, Sicily form, um, which we know links into to all of this type of, of conditions. It's it's hard because I, I actually don't think it's that full of depth this field, um, not in these conditions. Um, and he's one that that did stand out. I, I you know it was very simple. I just wrote last three years. Um, anybody that was in the top uh, twenty basically or there or thereabouts. Um, and there's a list of about ten that that worth looking at, and then then looked at conditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, after last week as well, um, finishing 10th, rallied. Um, his putting average, uh, when his last five completed starts, strokes game putting, 2nd, 16th, 14th, 8th and 6th. Italian Open, which obviously is at the uh, Ryder Cup course. Not that it matters to him. Mm. Um, you know, again, the final rounds, you know, 69, 68, 68, 63, 71 at Nedbank, which is difficult anyway. Uh, 69 in Australia, which was very difficult. Um, He's, he's playing remarkably well. He comes to the course he loves. Mm -hmm. He was very close in the end. I mean, I, I had to do this on Saturday and I didn't have time yesterday to do it, complete it. But he was very close to becoming like a, a serious bet in this. Um, I think the 33 to 1, I'm, I'm very happy to put him in. In a field yeah. that I really, I can narrow it down to 15, mm. 20 players maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with a lot of that. And I think that what we see when he comes back over from the PJ Tour now, he, he does seem a level above. Even though he doesn't do that thing where he stands out ball striking wise like others do. He just seems to have the complete game. He needs. He seems now to win. Uh, relishes the opportunity to come back and play this. I'm surprised he's actually only ever got to 40th in the world. He's never got higher than that. Um, and not not that I'm sure that kind of gives him enough motivation just to go and win. But he must think he's a better player than that. He's currently 67th in the world. Wants to get that top 50. Um, so yeah, I think 10th last time out of the Australian Open. He did withdraw from the Fortinet, which I wasn't sure what that was for. Um, Just to add on, Herbert, he's also been playing uh, pro-ams in Australia at the moment. Great. Which I'm so an eye on. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so he's been keeping sharp. I think he won one of them. And uh, they're like two-rounders, some of them are one round. Um, but yeah, he has been keeping his game sharp. So um, yeah, that's just something else to add to what you guys say. Yeah, I like that. Um, definitely someone I'm considering, but I, I kind of had a, a decent selection of players, so I, I don't think I can kind of add another one in, especially at the price similar to Minwoo Lee. So I do I do like him. Um, Podrick Harrington is a it's a weird one. He's forty five to one on Skybet, seventy to one on Bet three six five, forty five to one too short, seventy to one I think is about right. And what he did last week was really really impressive. I mean, for someone of his age, of someone of, that's been around so long, changed his game so often. Uh, he was class. I thought he was great in interview, apart from the fact that every time they went to him, he could barely breathe going up any kind of hill. Um, it was kind of quite nauseating to listen to, but his what he was actually saying was great. And 
you know, he didn't play here for an awful long time. Then he played the last three years in a row, which is an interesting one. I think a lot of that was to do with, you know, scouting Ryder Cup players and stuff. Um, sixth and ninth the last two years is pretty impressive. I think it's probably going to be too much for him going back to back. And the fact that he's coming in price-wise basically feels like I can leave him alone. But one to note. So the very next one that's on my list definitely is Thorbjorn Olsson. And he was actually the first name I wrote down. Not because I think he's got a better chance than everyone else that I've picked, but I was watching him and like just every time he come up in the highlights, I've always, I've always been interested in Olsson and we know what happened to him and why he was off the tour for a while. But when it's that reason that you've kind of lost your form, I think it's always important to keep track of these players. And he's basically been what he was before since he's come back um, and playing regularly. So that's always a good thing to see. 24th in strokes game approach last week. He was sixth with his irons on Saturday and gained in each of the two rounds over the weekend. Um, gained every round off the tee. He was eighth in strokes game off the tee. Top 10 rounds uh, Friday and Sunday. So that was really impressive. At this golf course, third, fifth, seventh and eighth in his 10 starts and just two missed cuts, one of which came on his debut. So to me, there's very little to dislike about Fulby Johnson. Uh he just he just strikes me as the sort of person that's going to win these. He has been elevated to a Rolex event, hasn't it? So it does feel like it's an event that he can go on and win. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got that kind of course form behind him. I think one of those ones where he finished inside the top seven, he may have been leading at one point as well. Um, not at the end of the round, but certainly during it. So he's got kind of the competitive nature behind him with this golf course. So I don't know if you've got anything to add, Brad, on the children of Austin, because I know you're on him as well. Not much. No, um, just again, he's just been struggling, like looking at the numbers, like not having some trouble with his short game. Yeah. Um, regularly losing strokes on and around the green. Um, but that's similar to Bobby Mack. We like he is capable of them random, like spike weeks where his putting is just off the charts. Like that's when he, uh, I think his first, yeah, yeah, when he won the British Masters, is yeah. old and everything, second in the field, uh, uh, at Irish Open, which was his best ever finish since the British, since he won the British Masters. Um, he was first in the field there for shots game putting. Um, and then the same around the green, Kazoo Classic, second and fourth at this event last year, which can only be a good sign. Um, so, yeah, as you said, like his numbers last week um, and performance as a whole really caught my eye. And he's got, he knows, of course, well, top finishes here. And, uh, yeah, I just think with hitting the board as well as he is, it's, it's tough to say no to him at that number. And he's, he's a six-time winner. And they feel like he's got the sort of cojones to win an event like this, you know, um, in this with this field. I think he, I think he can. So, I think, yeah, I think he's very similar to basically everybody directly above him in terms of quality. So, forgive, forgetting Harrington because he's the major wins, but Wallace, mm-hmm. Rosner, Smith, Hoygaards, Fox. Forget about Anson and Reed for now. Peters even. I don't think there's there's that much between them in terms of quality. I think it's just that he's been off the mm-hmm. radar for a little bit. He's kind of going out to these prices. And, yeah, I just think he's class. And, I mean, he was a 100 to 1. I did the 80 to 1, six places I still like. Very happy yep. with that. So I'm going to take it. Same price. And, again, this was a person that was a 100 to 1 earlier. But Henrik Stenson's 80 to 1. And I looked at the stats last week, so I was kind of just looking at the in-running stuff. Led the field in ball striking. And when Henrik Stenson does that, I think it's like time to kind of stand mm-hmm. up and take notice um first third in driving distance second in driving actually first in greens regulation 12th in straight going approach sixth off the tee finished 20th last week but he opened with 68 closed with 66 which i think is 
pretty good signs considering he's playing, you know, blowing out some rust after you know only playing on the live tour. He's obviously going to come under a lot of scrutiny and, and a lot of conversations there. But he came out with a quote uh, saying basically that they were asking about the Ryder Cup and he was obviously saying that if he has to watch it at home, he's watched other ones at home, not making a team, etc. But to, to me, it was when he then said, "But if I go out and win the Open Championship again and do well elsewhere, I might qualify." And I don't, I don't really believe that he believes that. Really, I don't think he thinks he's going to go and win the Open Championship. But just him saying that, and just the fact that he, it strikes me as someone that just wants to like, kind of back himself again. Uh, yeah. We we know he's class. We've seen what happened with Harrington last week. When you're playing well and you are that kind of classy operator, you can do it. He's got a win, a second, a third here. He's got six top eight finishes in total over the past 15 years at his golf course. Everything about Henry Stenson, especially what he did last week, suggests to me that he could have a really good week. So maybe piggybacking off of what Harrington did last week and, and hoping that a, a kind of veteran's going to hit the hit the bar if you like. But I think Stenson's got plenty to play for and plenty to prove. So I liked him at the number. Yep, can't argue with that. He was also on my shortlist as well. Yeah, I was just, just, I was just surprised to see him in that ball striking figure. Like we, we've yeah. looked, we've talked about words, people that have been hitting the ball well and. You know, we talked about the Bobby Max and Perez and Mimbo Lee were obviously great ball striking and stuff. But the fact that he just went out and did that, it was just class. Like, it just, it's Stenson of old. And if he's doing that and just can make a few more putts, um, then it is what it is. And it's been a while since he played well here. And I obviously said that he's, he's got a great course record, but he's got a miscut 37, miscut 60th. But he's had a couple of dips in his game over the last couple of years. He's had all the Ryder Cup nonsense going on. So, um, yeah, I, I just have every faith that he's going to do do something here he seems he said that it was nice to catch up with people that he hasn't seen for a long time he, he normally speaks to this type of the world and he said that everyone mm-hmm. at least to his face has been nice to him so i don't think he's got that kind of stress of people mistreating him and he's obviously got the likes of Poulter and westwood and that to hang around with anyway so it's not it's not kind of a big deal um so yeah pretty happy with henry stenson another one for you at this price range brad uh he's yep. obviously a bit bigger than this but jason scribner yeah, Jason Scrivener. I think eighty to one you can get him now. That's yeah. what I did take him at in the end. Uh, but he just, I think he's going under the radar a bit. He's, he hasn't finished worse than eighteenth in his last four events, um, which includes a runner-up to Cameron Smith at the Australian PGA. And uh, yeah, decent display again last week. Finished tied seventh, and his numbers are really impressive. Twenty-sixth uh, off the tee, eighth on approach, tenth tee to green, third ball striking. Um, and he's been inside the top 10 approach and tee to green in his last three events. Um, he's played at the Emirates Golf Club six times before sip and a seventh finishes with a highlight and he's only missed a cut once. Um, and as a whole, he's got a really excellent record in this part of the world. Runner up and uh, five top 10 finishes. Um, missing the cut only twice in 18 events in uh, UAE. Uh, he's yet to win, obviously, on the DP World Tour. I think he's won once in Australia, but he's came close a few times. I just feel like he's just playing seriously well at the moment and uh, I, f- I feel as though he can come close again this week with the way he's been playing. So yeah, I think he's a really big price. Uh, I really like Scrivener this week. Well, no, a bit of a late bloomer, Jason Scrivener, but I remember 2021, the Abu Dhabi event where Hatton won. I think it was Hatton, Scrivener and Rory. All pl- I don't know if they were playing together, but they were certainly in the last couple of groups. And I just seem to remember like Rory was having one of these kind of Rory in contention rounds that he can have, uh, obviously yeah. not all the time, but he was, he was having, he was struggling. 
Hatton in the end, I think I think he started slowly and obviously come through, but Scrivener was solid all day and I was really impressed with that and it kind of stuck with me. And I think I tried to back him a couple of times after that. It didn't really come to fruition. But when you look, I mean, it's very obvious where he likes to play. He likes the Ned Bank. He finished third there, which is a kind of tough golf course like this. He's played well in Hong Kong a couple of times, played well in Perth. But then it's just Middle East, like DP World Tour Championship 2019, 10th. Here, 7th. Um, here again, 6th. They're, they're his best finishes. So you know what he does. You know where he's going to play well. This time of year is where he makes his money and keeps his card. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's, it's absolutely fine. I, I think there's a... I don't know. There's just a ceiling to him that worries me a little bit. Um, like yesterday, mm-hmm. just no birdies on the front nine. And I just wonder if that's just like a, a thing. Like he started fast, didn't he, on the on the Thursday yeah, yeah. sixty five, two eagles that day. And I just I just wonder mm-hmm. he kind of stuttered after that. It wasn't until the bat nine where he actually started really coming to the fore, which is a weird one. He almost like he had his two poor rounds. It's hard to follow up a sixty five. So he had his poor yeah. round on Friday, that's fine. Then he had another poor one on the Saturday oh, that's disappointing. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like ten to fourteen, he rats off poor birdies. I was it's pretty impressive. So it's tough. You almost think he can do it, but has he has he managed to make those birdies because he knew he was out of it by that point? It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? You're trying to sort of cycle out the way he's strung them uh, recent performances. You know, he sort of uh, finished the year strong and sort of come back strong. And I've just, uh, yeah, I can't ignore him really at that price. Similar to Oliston, I think both of them were the two names I put down straight away. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it absolutely. Uh, Jace, anyone to add? Kind of short of the hundred to one mark. Um, yeah, just short, uh, and this is purely a price thing. Was yeah. um, Adrian Naus hmm. Pure, purely a price thing? I'm pretty sure I put him up last year as well, and I think I put him up as well last year. Yeah. Uh, but certainly our Naus, I think, was last year. Um, and this is just it is it is purely a price thing. Um, yeah, I put him up last year, and he misses the cut for the first time in his career here. Next, um, I, I look. Last week wasn't great. Ignore it. It's his first run out in competitive tournament for two months so I'm quite happy to forgive it uh, especially when you consider that his Spanish win last year came off two missed cuts as well yeah um, he's impossible look I, I'm not denying that I'm ever going to work him out <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure I trust him in contention but at 90 to 1 top 7 given given his best at this course and we we, we was Matt Cooper was on last year yeah. uh, I think if you've listened to listen to that back and it was really interesting because he said uh, the end of the leaderboard is not necessarily a good indication of how the event took place. And we were always discussing this about how someone finished 13th and it was only a little spell, two or three, three hole spell. Yeah. And I thought it was quite interesting. So if you look at the best of our nose around this course, then I think he can compete. Um, he's been first off the tee twice um, in his, his little career around here. Um, 21, for example, seventh in birdies second in par fives, first off the tee, eighth in driving distance. So he's, he's, we know he's got the game. It's just impossible to work out. But in his overall profile, you know, ninth, uh, you know, he's got uh, ninth at the Dubai, um, the Dubai, uh, oh, yeah, DP World Tour Championships. Uh, <laughs> it's 75, you know, third round, 75. He's always got one round. Um, it's a bloody disaster. Um and that's the thing with him, and he is what he is, and, and I don't think we could do anything about it. 75, you can see it himself on tour tips. 75 in the third round at the DPs last year, but he finished top 10 in a top quality event. Uh, you go back further. Um, 2021 on the same course, 75 he opened with. 
and then three decent rounds, finishing the top ten. This event, when he was ninth, seventy-four in the third round. You know, he's not. The, I don't think he's the brightest hall in the in the in the block when it comes to uh, course management and game management. But it's a place he loves. It's a place he performs really, really well at. And I, I think his ninety could have been twenty points shorter, maybe, had he not had that miscut last week. Um, it's impossible, but uh, you know, I, I will throw a dice and he will go in. So this. There's only one other after him, so he'll do it. And the other one's probably even worse. So. <laughs> no, I, th- I think, you know, I, I backed him last week. So for me to not then like him for this week mm. is, is you know, as I say, you're just being put off completely by miscut. I think all the reasons I liked him last week, you all stand valid this week. He loves this part of the world. Uh, he suits the type of event. It is just a case of uh, can he piece it together for four rounds? And, you know, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. It's just it's the same as most people at his, I guess, level. So... Um, but I liked the point you made there about what Matt said last week about you know not being indicative of the whole week, and that was one of the things I, I missed about on uh, Ollison as well was you know he was he was only three back going into the final round last week. Yeah, it was bunched and he was in eleventh place, but he had a chance to really have a go yesterday and, and didn't, and that's obviously a bit of a shame. But it just shows that for three week for three rounds he was right in the mix without his best stuff on and around the green. So I think anything can kind of change week to week in terms of short game, and and hopefully it does for. For Bob's sake and, and Ollison's sake and God knows else we're going to put up. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For our sake. Yeah, yeah, certainly for our sake. Because um, I've not gone with Pod, I'm going to go with one of these other like kind of uh, egregious, egregious is the right word, but one of these kind of hit or miss players that you never know quite what they're going to do. Andy Sullivan, uh, second, fourth, sixth and twelfth here in the past. He was 17th last week, but he improved every day of his irons. He was actually terrible Thursday, Friday of his irons, and then just got it going a bit over the weekend. He was 11th and 16th in Spain before the winter break, and then you add in the fact that he was 17th last week. To me, that kind of suggests that he's getting back. Because the thing with Sullivan, he's always just so hit and miss in terms of he's very volatile and missing cuts and things like that. But the fact that he's kind of pieced together these kind of four or five starts in a row, making the cut, getting some weekend rounds in, you could see last week he got better after every round. Uh, he went from 65th all the way to 17th. Couple of he had two double bogeys that you know certainly you could you can always be in the top five so I imagine a lot of those irons like sort of those shots lost on the approach were on those double bogey holes as well so certainly things to kind of take into account so for me Andy Sullivan at the hundred hundred ten to one mark uh, at a golf course in a part of the world that he loves classy operator on his day I will take so Jason who's this. Could be even worse. Well, uh, well, no, I, I was I was going to stick with uh, Ewan Ferguson, but I can't because yeah. his form here, you know, here really is is, is not great. Um, and he was all right last week. There was nothing. There was nothing there that suggested he's ready to win. So I'm going to punt on uh, exactly like you say. Hit on this. Remain Longcast. Interesting. Who, uh, yeah, who appeared again when I done the three columns and various other stupidly coloured highlighty things. <laughs> um, he appeared quite highly. Um, you tell me. I haven't got a clue. I mean, the fact is that he has made his last four cuts, um, if you want to roll over the seasons, if you like. Yep. Um, hasn't played the South African Open, but I think these are conditions that suit. He's got form at Scottish Open, form in Denmark, obviously. Raz on the Challenge Tour, when he finished behind Adrian Nose and Victor Perez. I uh, know you can't. It's not horses, so you can't take that form. But Perez has won in similar conditions, obviously, last week and before and played well. Uh, and now, so I fancy to go OK this week, and he has form here. 
Uh, in behind, you've got uh, Sean Crocker and uh, Uncle Bob. And I like Uncle Bob to go well here, as he should. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not saying that's the, the greatest form line in the world, but it's not bad. Um, conditions suit him. Um, I'm happy with his break because I think he was just starting to lose it. We know he's... I think he's better. He's much better than he's showing. Um, his old form suggests that, that he really should be a damn sight better than whatever he is, 200 and something. I don't know, 261st in the world now. Um, there's something there. We, I said it last year. I'll say it again. I backed him against Bryson DeChambeau to be top amateur hmm. at Augusta. Um, there we are. I haven't really got anything else to say. 125 to 1. I'll take the chance. He's going to be he's going to be big on Betfair. Nobody's going to want to back him. Uh, he's playing steady, if nothing special. Um, I don't know how he's going to approach this year. You know, he's had the break. He may come back. I'm pretty sure he was injured um, for summer last year as well. Um, take the chance. Take the chance. 125 because he could have easily been 66. Yeah. That's it. No, I thought you might have gone with your old mate, old Jeff Winter. Uh, he seems to play okay in this part of the world, showing some signs of life again. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. He's, he's probably not good enough, but the 250 to 1, I thought he might have uh, caught some eyes. Uh, Connor Syme, he showed up a little bit last week. Yeah, he was 200 to 1. Dale Whitnell, another top 10, wasn't it? 200 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I think, as much as I think Rory can be taken on the market, I think he could be taken on by people that are pretty good. Uh, and I think we've kind of listed those out. Uh, already, so I am pretty happy to move on unless anyone else has got anything else. No, nope. uh, other than a special mention to Ludwig Aberg, who is yes. uh, a top amateur, the 400 to 1 man that is playing this week. Uh, so, I, I can, I'm going to guarantee it now. Sky will bet. Oh, him. I know that's why I was going to mention that. So I was like, Yeah, of course, Sky will have a lot more to say about him. And yeah, what I'm he, saying. he will be betting Ludwig but I'll be surprised if he's not. Back in his uh, Abdu El Allah, anyway, so the, the, he does seem to pull out some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. some interesting players from this list. Oh, well, it rewarded him with Dan Bradbury, so it did. Never yeah, there. he uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think he just picks him for the sake of it, but I, I certainly know that he's going to pick uh, Lever Lagberg. He's yeah. been talking about him. How many do you need? Do you know what yeah. I mean? How many do you need? Exactly. So, I think that's the, the dividers at Classic wrapped up. So we'll go over to the Farmers Insurance Open, which kind of alluded to already. John Rahm is the heavy favourite, nine to two. Xander Shuffle twelve to one. Tony Finau fourteen to one. Tom, Justin Thomas fourteen to one. Colin Morikawa sixteens. Will Zalatoris eighteens. We'll stop there. Um, Jason, I'll come to you first this time. Anyone from the top lot? Yeah, have them all. <laughs> um, well, we know what this is. This is it's, you've, you've got to be basically um us open class generally mm. i know obviously you know the mighty loot this one last year but generally you you've got to be um us open grade it's a us open um uh, course obviously 2021 when the mighty john Rahm won um yeah I, I the only i mean i i thought um Zalatoris was incredibly short um i i don't think he's shown enough that um to be oh someone's just getting the prices up sorry um, yeah, he's, he's that, 18 to 1 is the best price yeah 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 I don't think he's shown enough to, to want that to be honest with you despite obviously yeah, that and I, I like I like Memorial form um, that's the one that I, I put down as the best link um, and and you know yeah Willie's got the fifth there but I, there's just something I, I need to see him that he's completely right and completely fit and he's got his T screen because you can't rely on him short game can you so we've got no. to get him absolutely right 
Um, look, you know, John Ryan, we've already discussed it. Yeah, shove him in if you want him a double. Um, but the one for me that, that that stood out of that top lot. Where did we go to? What price did you go to? 18? Uh, yes. You got to Zaltoris, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be fee now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's mm-hmm. a matter of whether you want to take the price or not. Um, but there's, there's, there's... I don't think it's that bad, 14s. I think I, I was expecting it to be 12s and 10s across the board, and I thought the 14 was actually pretty good. I know, obviously, Ram winning yesterday mm-hmm. boosted him up a couple of points, but... I mean, there's, yeah. you can't ask for much more about Fina, well, can you? Well, no. I mean, you're sitting there sort of hoping that he does really rubbish yesterday, but not hoping that he does rubbish. Not rubbish enough that, that you don't fancy him because he's out of form. Um, but you hope he does not enough that he's not noticeable, but it was noticeable, unfortunately. Mm. On Poana, he's run the Rocket Mortgage, uh, 30 for Travellers, second Riviera, Tory, uh, Wingfoot, uh, Olympia Fields. He, we know he's top grade. That's where he performs. He performs... when it's, He hasn't won them, but, you know... He's he's just top grade, and uh, with his course form around here, which is ridiculous, his course form at Memorial's excellent. Um, yeah, he was six here in the US Open when he. Um, you just go back and back and back, and every one of those classic courses, like say the Riviera, Wingsport, blah blah blah, he performs really well at. Um, I, I'm, I cannot believe he'll be out of the eight. Uh, just after last week, it's a beautiful warm up for this week. Um, what would you want? I, I just can't see that he's, uh, you know, when he's on form, as we saw when he won those uh, couple of tournaments, um, sorry, three tournaments, uh, he's just been fantastic. You know, he smashes the ball off the tee. He's accurate. His tee to green game is brilliant. I mean, where we're looking at 13th at the American Express, 11th at Tournament Champions, 9th at Houston. We go back because I think he led them. He was top. He led at the, uh, can't remember, his first win. Um, and he's been top 10 ever since. He's, he's just, it's obvious. He's just clearly coming into form at the right time, a tournament that he loves, course that will suit him. And in an event that really is down to, this is definitely down to 15 people that can actually win it. Um, he stands out for me. I think I think the thing is, like, the, I haven't really looked into major betting this year. But I seem to remember the sort of at the start of the, or end of last year that I was going to back him for the Masters but when he was on that run because he was still kind of 33, 40 to 1 or whatever 28 to 1 now I think he's a contender for every major every year and it just comes down to price whether you back him or not unless he's in terrible form but his skill set and the way he plays his demeanour strikes me as a major winner at some point if you think that about a player Tory Pines is where you want to back them you think about that, and then you put in the facts of of his record here. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? I know he's obviously he missed the cut in this event last year, and he missed the cut um, oh. at the U.S. Open. But the, the fact that he was, you know, second, fourth, sixth, sixth, thirteenth, twenty fourth, and eighteenth before that, he's just. I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, there's nothing. I don't have anything. I was trying to find the, something the, a negative, but there's not one. No. I mean, the, the, you know, it's going to get difficult this week, isn't it? It's going to really call on accuracy this mm. week off the tee. Um, I think it's, I think they've had rain and rain and rain and they something like that. Rain all the time. They've said it's going to be fun in inverted commas. It is. It's U, it is US Open, I think, and exactly like the other side. You know, you've got a, a stunning favourite. You have here as well. I mean, Rob, I just looked at Rob's California form. 23 starts, one four, seven top five, three top ten, four top twenties. It's, it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous, absolutely. 
Um, <laughs> but if we are going to get him beat, then I, I think there's only half a dozen, eight, ten absolute max that can beat him. Um, and Fina has to be one, given the fact now that the, oh, the monkey's off his back. He's not under pressure to win anymore. He's known now as one of the top, top, top players in the world, elite. Um, what's the, uh, you know, memorial form, Travers? Ah, oh, just, it's there, isn't it? But I just wish he was closer to 20, but he's not. Yeah, I, I was hoping there's going to be a bit of a thing on Xander this week. A lot of people were a bit worried about his back and things like that. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a 62 last week, Brad, so that, that kind of goes out of... Uh, uh, the, mm-hmm. It goes and Albatross is the, the fifth hole. Double no, it didn't lead, help it? our case. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think it's, it's between them two for, for the best challenges, I think. I think Thomas <sighs> has his, his doubts here. Colin Murakawa isn't the longest, so he has to play yeah. perfectly, which, given how much he struggled in the final round. At, I mean, look, he, he he can definitely compete here, Murakawa, and I think, but whereas like, when he was like 20 to 1 at the tournament challenge, you feel stupid for not backing him. If he's 14s, 12s for this, and I don't back him, fine. Like, it's not the test that suits him the best, so I'm okay passing that up. Brad, give us the Max Homer um, oh, spill. Yeah. Like, I, I really wanted to back him this week. I just think yeah. he's well, coming in surprise fast. I'll, I'll agree with everything Jason said, and, I, and, and with yourself, because I, I was finding it really tough to choose between Xander and Tony from up the top, yeah. and I felt like I had to have one of them. But because I couldn't decide in the end, and I did just settle for Max Homer, who I think is the one on the outskirts, which could, which I think has the ability to beat them. You know, if he can, I think he can. Um, and like he's 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 played last at the tournament champions, and he battled back from a really slow start, finished third. Um, and we know he's a player on the rise. He's he's on the cusp of the elite, um, and he's he's got that record in his home state of California, where he's won three times uh, since 2021, uh, which is probably why he's going to be stupidly popular this week, just for that alone. But there's a lot more else to like. He ticks a lot of boxes. Um, He's above average in driving distance. He's a great long iron player, decent around the greens. And what's very important this week is obviously putting on Poanya, and he's very comfortable putting on that surface. So... Um, obviously, his record here could be better. It's, uh, he has a ninth and an eighteenth um, in his last three starts in this event. Uh, but I, I, I think in the past, bookies might not give the respect like sort of Homer deserves. Uh, but this week, uh, we have seen that, um, and I, I do like him at twenty-two and twenty-five to one. I think he's, I think he's come in even now. I think he's twenty-two 22. to one five places, bet Fred. I don't mind taking the five places because I do think he will finish in the top five, um, and you do get that quarter of the odds. Uh, so yeah, I don't mind taking the five places at all. Um, but yeah, it might not be the best value. Like looking at that, you might think, oh, it's, it's not great value, but. I think it's fair. I, I think it, it represents what he is and the, uh, what he's achieved. And, uh, you know, he's just certainly the type of player and character that can mix it with the best. Um, and on on this course, I can see it. Um, yeah, he's won for me in the past. I, I love Max Homer and I just, I, I'm excited to chance him this week. I think he can do it. I think there was a, there was a lot of steam around Max Homer coming to this event early in his career, and he missed those first three cuts. And then was, he finished yeah. he finished ninth and eighteenth. And I thought, right, he's figured it out now. And you, you look at what he's done at Riviera and all that sort of stuff. He's going to come in and, and do well. Then he misses the cut 
at this event again and then at the US Open, you think, oh, like, does he struggle with it? Is the south course too much? Because he shot, he opened with 68 last year, which I'm assuming was on the north course. Um, mm. And then he shot the 74 to miss the cut. I think he's fine. I think I think the, the, the important thing that you said is whereas before he's been disrespecting the market, I think he's exactly where he should be now. Um, yeah. and, and you're being asked to kind of take him against the Sung James and the Morikawas and the Zalatoris rather than against McNeely, Hideki, Siwoo Kim and all that where he's, he's kind of been prized before. So I think it's more of, of having to make a decision, but I will kind of delegate to our Max Homer whisperer, uh, Jason. Uh, what are your thoughts on Homer this week? No, I thought he was too short. Mm. That, that was just that, that was it. Um, mm. I mean, got no problem with Homer. He loves Poana, doesn't he? Um, there were a couple of times um, over the last couple of years where uh, he'll learn. He'll learn. He's, he's been learning the course. Um, I think he needs to come off of too much social media. That's one of my things. But he probably doesn't write his own stuff anyway, so that's fine. So a couple of times where he's made serious errors on the course um, last couple of years. I, I just, having said that, um, I'm, I'm back in one that's now the same price as him, which I stunned at doing um so yeah i've got no problem with homer um and if he wins i'll, I'll be very happy i just thought he was too short i think zalatoris mm-hmm. is too short i think my was too short and i think homer's now too short are, are you yeah. back in jason day you've got to have an opinion haven't you um and, and your your form to be honest yours and brad's form you'll, you'll beat me so that's not a problem. <laughs> um i'm not sure whether he's too short but look i don't back jason day you know that yeah um but this is a this is this is a matter of I've got to be honest. This is a matter of saying the price. I think the price is too short, but I think he's just a, a cracking bet. Mm-hmm. He looks back. He does look back. He is um, back. He is yeah, back. that was that um, that run last week at the American Express where he shot five under the final round. Yeah. Um, that was his first out in four two months. So presumably he's worked at it. He, he seems happier than he than he has been for a number of years. Torrey Prime's record is absolutely ridiculous. He's got the 4th and 15th at Memorial. It ties in perfectly, which is what I want to see. Um, what do you, you know, what do you want? He's, he's mid-20s for tee to green around this course. One, two, three, four. Uh, his last four times. Um, and then top 16, three before that. That goes back to 2010. If you look at the overall stats that are required for here, that's perfect. Yeah. It doesn't need to be dramatic. It's about being steady. It's about finding tee to green. It's about not... You know, this isn't going to be one in. Uh, I had the record up here, didn't I? Um, this isn't going to be one, surely, in anything like Rose's 21 under. No. Uh, not with the conditions they are. You've got to be looking at 12 to 15, I would have thought, to win this. That's right mm-hmm. up Bay Street. Um, I, I, I think I hands up. I think he's too short, but I think you have to be with him in a in a field that I think is quite limited. I think I think you're both sort of saying the same thing about your picture. Brad's saying the same thing about Homer. You're saying the same thing about Day. Is that you, you kind of feel compelled to back the one that you like at, at the prices? And um, look, I mean, it's very. This is going to be the same as everybody's shortlist at the start of the week. This is my short. This is the first five names I wrote down before all the odds, prices, stats, anything came out. Was Homer, McNeely, Montgomery, Day, and Rose. They were the people that I had in my head. They were the five players mm-hmm. I had in my head. They were the people I wanted back. Um, I'll go into the ones that I have back to the minute um, and why but it's tough I think that I I mean look, I said 
I had a couple of people ask me like hot takes for majors and stuff, and I said that Day will win one. Oh. I thought I think he's going to win the PGA or the US Open, um, or at least contend in it. And I just think it everything is lining up for him. You 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 feel horrible saying that you know even mentioning his parent, you know his mother dying and things like that. But like that was a huge weight on him. Like you could tell how much like his family meant to him. His mother meant to him. You know moved her to. Ohio and got all the, the care and everything that he did and I think that just consumed his time that with his injuries and things like that that you know you can't that on top of coming out of being world number one and going all the way down to hundreds of whatever in the world there's a lot of pressure on you from personal point of view on course point of view mm-hmm. and I think now he's just he's just playing with a bit more free he says he's he's pain free for the first time in a, in a long time and has been for a while I think he's great I think you know his, his, his record here is ridiculous two wins um, and plenty of other top finishes. So I can't back Montgomery because he's basically the same price as Day. He's not that much bigger than Homer. Um, so if I can't back Ridiculous those two. Ridiculous though, isn't it? Run yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah, and I, I really wanted to back him and I probably would still have done it like 33s if I didn't see what he did. That's in the 17th. Oh, it was disgusting. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. I was kind um, of rooting for him as well. Like, yeah, he was and only I, one behind at that point. And really. I was surprised by that. But then when you think about it, like, because I mean, how do you, how often do we talk about these in these pre-season previews that Montgomery is going to be the best one that comes off the tour? I was comparing him to Zalatoris in terms of his like run and and the top five outputs and everything like that. Didn't did win though, did he? Did the last though? He did birdie the last. I thought that was good character. Just, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. But hasn't hasn't won, has he? Like, hasn't even won on the no, Tour, no, no. and I think I think that is almost a bit of a knock. And you saw it yesterday. And if you're shanking it in the water on 17 at the Amex, what's <laughs> going to happen at 17, 18 at Tory Pines? It's hard. It's I, hard. Come here and do it. I, I I think you know we've seen oh. Luke List win it last year and put it to however many feet against Salatoris and and take his soul. Like people can do it, and he will win, but. It just concerned me what I saw last week, especially at those prices. Like if I'm being asked to take 50 to one about Montgomery in this field, I'll take it. it yeah, exactly. There's no me question. Too. But at 25, you've got to make a decision, and, and I have, and it's to not go mm-hmm. over. So then it's on to McNeely. Um, was 40 to 1, now 35 to 1. Loves California. Pretty mm-hmm. good record at this golf course. Uh, 20, 29th, 15th, and 30th. Uh, with one missed cut to that. I think he's played well at the South Course. We've seen that. He had a 67 here last year on a Saturday. He played well um, on his second start, two 69s to finish finish, uh, 15th. So to me, the fact that he's played so well at the South Course, the fact that he's just generally playing so well in, in his career... 10th, 12th, 18th, 10th, 27th, 7th, his last 15 weeks is, is absolutely ridiculous. He was third at the halfway stage at the Shriners, struggled uh, on the Saturday and shot 64 to bounce back on the Sunday. Finished 12th at the Zozo, was placed 5th going into the final round, was placed in the side of the top 10 at the CJ Cup, fell away in the final round, uh, was 10th at the halfway, was 9th at the halfway point in the over finished 10th. Seems to be that he can post a good final round once he's got off the pace a little bit. Uh, and can't keep it up when he's in contention, but that that will come. I don't I don't seem to remember him having masses of chances that he's thrown away. I think he just doesn't quite get there. Uh, was it Pebble maybe that he had a chance yeah, uh, in the past? Yeah, 
I think that was even then. I think that was a bit more. Did he come off the pace a bit? Uh, he shot yeah. 66 in the final round, and Daniel Berger was already away. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's still something to come from Maverick Manili, and the fact that he's just I, I really stood out to me that whereas some of these long shots have played well in this event, it's not a long shot, but one of the some of these outsiders have played well in this event, and you look at it, and it's off the back of good North Course uh, appearances. Those those kind of efforts at the South Course really stuck out to me. So I am going to go with McNeely at 35 to 1, 8 places. You can get 28 to 1, 10 places if you want to give yourself um, some extra. That's Coral. I think that's quite impressive, uh, the 10 places this week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I am going to go with McNeely. It's a little bit reluctant, and I knew it was going to come in because, you know, Ben's put him up and things like that. It's absolutely fine. Um, but I, I think he's a good price to, to a place at least. And sometimes what you've got to look for when you're playing against John Rahm in the form he's in. Next pick for me, I'll, I'll do both uh, just while I'm on a roll here and I'll let you guys take over again. Justin Rose. So the, the reason I went with Justin Rose over Jason Day is I actually think they're basically at the same point of their career and they're almost the same. I, I think Day at his best was better than Rose at his best, but... They've both been world number one. They've both won majors. They've both got an incredible record at this golf course. Day's obviously got the two wins to, to Rose's one, but Rose has got first, fourth, eighth, sixth, and one missed cut in his last five starts at this event. Sixth last year when he wasn't you know, playing the, the best golf of his career, like longevity-wise. He, he seems to actually have found a little bit again. Uh, he's sort of showing signs. Ninth at the, the Houston Open, he was third going into the final round. 29th for the RSM Classic, not an event that I particularly love for him. And again, exactly the same as Day. Don't think it was a great event for him last week. So the fact that he finished 26th and Day finished wherever Day finished, um, I think there's actually a, a massive bonus for both of those. Day was 18th. So the fact they kind of grinded and to, to in low scoring events when actually this is way more suited to them was really promising. Finished with a 65. Uh, yesterday, Justin Rose opened with a 66. So weird, 72 on the Saturday. Can't remember what course that was. It would have been the stadium course, maybe. Um, but I just think he's not. I, I, I'm definitely more bullish on Day in terms of majors and stuff going forward. But I think they're similar players. I've got a point to prove. Justin Rose still competitive, 50 to 18 places. Uh, absolutely fine with that. Mm-hmm. Final one in this range for me, and one that you're going to add to for me as well, Brad. Uh, JJ Spawn. I think he's still a bit disrespected uh, in the market. And when you look back at us, kind of pointed this out in the podcast last year, when you look back at JJ Spawn's start of his PGA Tour career, this was almost like everyone sort of thought that his win last year was a bit weird, it would come out of nowhere, and like his, his little run of form since. But he was actually a really promising player when he first came on the PJ Tour. And I think he's just got back to that level after the, the diabetes issues and injury issues and things like that. Three 15th place finishes in the swing season. Comes straight out in 2023. Fifth at the Tournament Champions. Twelfth at the Sony. 21st and 10th in the strokes game approach the last uh, two starts. I think he was top 10, top 5, I think, actually. Uh, both weeks in um, strokes game tee to green as well, which is obviously the more you know, more encompassing strokes game metric and one that's really important here. Yeah, fifth both weeks in Hawaii. Completely different test this week, but when you look at Spawn's career here, started with a ninth on his debut, finished 23rd the, the year after, 
come back after a couple of missed cuts, finish 30th, come back again after a couple of missed cuts, finish 34th. I just think he's a really, really talented player, being overlooked because people don't think he can win twice in such, you know, it's not even short succession really, but twice in the space of a year, I guess. Um, and I think he's a little bit overpriced at the, the 50 to 1s, uh, 55 to 1s, 8 places. So, yeah, anything to add on that, Brent? There's not much really more to add that's uh, spot on. I, I mean, he, he just, I, as you said, I just feel like he, he looks a big price. Um, and I've been ignoring him in recent weeks. Um, I, I just, I feel like he's just playing so like consistently well at the moment. Um, he's obviously got ties to California as well, brought up, went to San Diego University. Yeah. Um, which is obviously always, always good to see. Um, I suppose the only slight concern is that he's obviously not the longest off the tee. Like he's probably just under average or around average. But I've, he's just hitting the ball so well, though. So I just I felt as though I had to have him on the card, regardless of that little issue I have. Uh, but it's just not everything, you know. But it, around here, obviously, it does help a hell of a lot. Uh, so yeah, that was the only slight concern. Yeah. So I mean, I had that concern as well, and it's probably a tired line that everyone gets bored of me saying, but. When you're a short hitter on these sort of tests, you have to play perfect for the week. But I just look. Patrick Reed, 2021, 25 to 1, he won. Brant Snedeker, 2016. Yeah, 100%. Won. I know that was a bit of a weird week. Scott Stallings, 2014. Um, not always the distance. Yeah, as I said, it's not everything. It's just, yeah. uh, it will help. It will, it will help. And, it, and I think it gets you out. Everything. I think he gets you out of trouble. Like you look at the females, who's more consistent because he can get away with a couple of the par fours yeah. and stuff, uh, and, and Spawn can't. So I just I just trust him to not play perfectly, but I trust him to play a lot better than he ever has before here. And he's finished ninth mm-hmm. before, so at 55 to yeah. one. Uh, I like him. Jace, yeah. we'll come to you before we get Brad's final selection. Just any in this kind of anywhere before 100 to one. Um. I... Uh, he's not going to do anything, but I think List is worth looking at just because yeah. we all know this. Uh, eight year one, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's actually playing okay, um, and obviously on power, we know he's like a, a shocking putter. We know if he could putt, he'd have won a lot more um, or contended a lot more. Let's put it like that. But he's one here. He's a sixth at Beth Page, fifteenth um, at Riviera, fourth at Silverado. You know, there's some classic courses there for him. Um, Played really, really well in Hawaii. I know that was he didn't have to particularly be accurate over there in the Tournament of Champions. Mm. Um, I'm not particularly worried about last week, to be honest with you. Um, it was okay. Um, set third round was fine. Nothing particularly special. But he's not suited to a putting contest, so I'm not particularly worried about that. US Open type thing. I can see him grinding his way just via his tee to green game. Yeah. Um, first, tenth, and twelfth here. Just, do you know what I mean? I can just see him doing not a lot and finishing six or something. Yeah. Um, he was worth an interest. I'm not sure if eight is big enough. I'll have to look at the top tens or top twenties or something like that. And then the only other one I've got, I'll leave the way for Brad, is um, Davis Thompson, who I think is fascinating. I think there's a number of youngsters here. We've covered Montgomery. His, his form's all over the place anyway, so we know that already. 28 to 1 does look short. But we expect him to do something, especially as he was tied 11th last year on a sponsor's yeah. empire. Just remarkable performance. There's a few of them there. I know. I know you're going to talk about one, but Davis Thompson, who who I put as one of my four to follow um, at the beginning of the year, um, unfortunately he wasn't on last week, so I didn't think it was his type of track. And he goes and runs wrong, bloody close. Um, and like we say, I think if that putt had gone in, he would have been very, very interested. Mm. 
price has probably gone given it's his debut round here. I think he might be slightly naive. Um, and I don't think, he's, you know, I think he's got to tidy up his driving. But he, he was just of interest. He's now 59th in the world after that second last week. He was a jump up from 169. Um, it's potentially going to be too much. But he's been, again, very, very quietly progressive. He's only had seven um, seven outings on the, uh, you know, officially as a PGA Tour player. Yeah. He's got ninth at Fulton X12 at Shriners and, and runner-up at the American Express. Got to step up a little bit. Thought he was of interest. So, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see what he does. Um, and apart from him, um, no, him and him, I think that's probably me done. Um, yeah. But I, I agree with Brad's final one, probably. Yeah, I think with, with just a note on Thompson, it's one of those ones where, like, you almost feel like you missed the boat, so you want to dive in, and then he doesn't do anything that week, and he goes back to 300s one, you can back him again. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? Yeah, um, but by the same token, he's still a hundreds one after a really good performance last week. Ah. Has all has all the skill sets do well here, and and you know you could be talking about him being forties one, fifties one next week. So it's a, it it's you know you're damned if you do, it's damned if yeah, you don't. Absolutely, there's nothing to say he can't go on a run like Montgomery, for yeah. example. But then there's nothing to say that he will go on that run as well. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's I, I think it's probably t- this course is probably too Different. too hard of a test. I would say yeah. at this stage. I mean, I expect him to win the PGA. Yeah. Uh, in a, in you know, two three years time, I think he's got that game. We said that at the uh, the preview that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it's probably too much on debut. Yeah, no, I like that. Brad, talk to us about Taylor Pendrith, player that I think about Cam Davis. I think about almost like an old mm. school Gary Woodland and people that has that kind of drive and ability that people like and can get hot with a putter. And I guess that's kind of what you want at Farmers Insurance. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, well, I remember thinking this time last year that I can see Pendriff going well at Tory Pines because he showed all the attributes on the Corn Ferry Tour that sort of equate to success here. Uh, and the Corn Ferry Tour, he ranked in his final year third in driving distance, ninth in, ninth in scrambling, and had a couple of top tens on Poa Anya as well. Um, and if I remember rightly, I didn't back him other than on the exchange at Silly Numbers. And when I saw him around the places going into the final round, I was I was fearing the worst that he was going <laughs> to place at a big price. But um, he did finish tied 15th in the end, uh, and it was coming off a couple of missed cuts, so which proved a great result um, for both of us. And I, I'm I'm pretty much backing him this week for the reasons I just mentioned. Yeah. I believe he's a, a a great fit for the course. Um, he had an excellent debut season on the PGA Tour last year, runner-up at the Rocket Mortgage, tied eighth at the BMW Championship and multiple top 20 finishes. Uh, I do think he's a top player and I think a really generous price this week um, coming off a missed cut where he shook off some holiday rust. So, yeah, I think I think he's shortened a little bit since I looked earlier. He's 70 to 1 now um, from 80s, but I, I think that's a, a brilliant price still. So, yeah, happy I, to chance. I think he's better suited to these sort of tests. Like, you, you look at, I can... We said about a couple of players now. I can almost forgive a miscut of the American Express. Obviously, when we talk about Day and Rose performing well there, you, you hope they play well without necessarily mm-hmm. contending because you don't expect them to. But you just look at where he's played well. Eight for the BMW, second at the Rocket Mortgage behind Finau, which who couldn't be beat, by the way. But he did have some bad chipping that week. But 13th mm-hmm. for the players, 25th for the Honda, 16th here last year. Just seems to like those kind of tougher, more classical tests, I think. And, and this is certainly one of those. So... Do understand it, Jason. Anything to add on Pendrith? No, I agree. I, we we said earlier we were chatting earlier. Again, he's, he's part of that group, isn't he? Of, of long hitting um, young studs, really. 
Um, yeah. It's just a matter of them doing it, and I can't argue. He was he was very very close to being selected. Um, I, I just think that I, I do think the top's too good. So yeah. I I I I'll, mm-hmm. uh, you know I mean yeah I'll be looking at him. I'll be looking at List. I'll be looking at Thompson, Pendriff, uh, sort of top twenties really. Um, yeah. yeah, they got the right game. I can't argue with Brad. Yeah. I think I, I look at Penrith as similar to Wyndham Clark, similar to Dietry, similar to Davis, similar to whatever, Cameron Champ. Obviously, Champ's won a couple of times. They, they all have that kind of driving ability that suggests they can go on a run and, and take advantage of these golf courses, and some of them do and some of them don't. It's, it's just hard to catch, isn't it? But I think if you put yourself in, in the position by taking the right skill set, um, you are almost kind of winning, and, and you just go from there. My final one. Uh, Robbie Shelton, which is certainly a little bit of a case, and this happened with with Lipsky last week that I kind of overreact to what he'd done the week before. Think I've missed the boat and and dive in like I just said about Davis Thompson, but he's been doing this for a little while now. Shelton, he's been in good form for for a decent period of time, and you look at it, he won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour last season. That was the second time he's done that. He did the same in 2019. He's only 27 years of age. Finished 36th on his debut here, came back a year later and finished 16th uh, in 2021. The 64 wasn't a north course, which kind of led that um, finish. But whilst he's yet to break 70 at the south course, I actually was quite encouraged that he's not shot worse than 73. And it was kind of like 71, 72, 70s and stuff like that. I think that's pretty solid for someone that's still sort of cutting their teeth on the PGA Tour. So the fact that he's been here a couple of times, the fact he's probably playing the better golf that he's played in those kind of those periods... In fact, he finished sixth last week in the American Express. Adds to the tenth for the RSM. Adds to the fifteenth for the Shriners. I thought there was a lot to like about uh, Robbie Shelton. Is he of the same class as some of the others that we've mentioned in terms of Pendriffs and Davis Thompson and things like that? I think I think he definitely can be. I mean, you, you hear about obviously Justin Thomas is going to be nice about him because he's an Alabama guy, but you know he was basically this kind of like killer at college that everyone sort of feared, and he he seems like if he gets in contention, he could do a job. Um, so 150 to 1, 125 to 1, eight places. Um, I really, really like Robbie Shelton. I think he's got all the attributes to go well here and, and got a couple of appearances to back that up. I think that's probably it, as far as I as far as far I know, guys, unless you wanted to add anything else. there's, I mean, again, if you wanted to really sort of talk about long shots, I would suppose you would look at the longer hitters and, and hope they do something for you. Lanto Griffin's got a great, great record here, but he's... he's gone off the tour isn't he? he's back to having Will Wilcox on the back of the Corn Ferry event so um, certainly had a bit of a drop uh, in terms of PJ Tour level I think that Patton Kaziah was it was interesting last week um, but it's not really his sort of course it, I, I just think you're kind of scratching around trying to find people to place for the sake of doing it Jason yeah. you did mention Harrison Endicott in the in the thread earlier but I take it yeah, you're kind I'm, of calling it yeah, I, I am. I am interested again. There's another one that I'm interested in. Again, I thought he's he's shown up, shown up reasonably well. I mean, second yeah. round in, in Hawaii was okay. I mean, there's bits, bits and pieces. Very inexperienced, um, really, in this in this sort of grade. But you know, he is well thought of. Um, it, I, I think he'll need a run, so I'm gonna I'm gonna not play him. But he, again, he's it's obvious I'm looking at him for something. Yeah, um, and it'll need to be a bit more sand belty, a bit more. Like Australia, I think, um, you know that type of that type of desert type thing, which you know makes sense given he'd played all right in spells last week. But no, he's he's not. The other one I thought about was was um, 
should have said it on the list here. Will Gordon, I thought I was surprised that people didn't mention him a bit more this, today. Like just he's a bit of a big driver, can can get hot with the putter. Feels like he could Steve, go and do something sorry. in the first round. Go on, mate. See, Will Kim's quite interesting. He is. Yeah, he's he's, got, his, his form's here good for for his yeah, skill set, isn't it? Yeah, and the memorial as well. Again, is he going to be outdriven? Um, very potentially, I suppose. But I think both him and Sung JM have, have played well here despite the handicap of, of length, right? And I think they're both capable. They're the type yeah. of player that you look at and go, oh, they can't win because they're too short off the tee. But then you wouldn't be at all surprised if him, Morikawa or whoever, then turn up and do it. So I think there there is certainly a case of getting too caught up. And if you're if you're yeah. in a really good chipping and putting week, it's just a case of you, you're taking the pressure off if you, if you hit it further, isn't it? It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I'm, I'm pretty happy. So we'll summarise our picks if everyone's happy to uh, to stop there. Sure. Minwoo Lee for me in uh, the Dubai Desert Classic again, 22 to one. Thorbjorn Olsson, I think he's about 70 to one now. Andy Sullivan, 110 to one. Henrik Stenson, uh, what prices he, he's coming a little bit now, isn't he? He's 80 to one. Um, place terms will change and, and look at but yeah absolutely happy with those prices for the Dubai Desert Classic Brad your picks for Dubai please I've gone for Bobby Mack uh, 28 to 1 Jason Scrivener I think you can still get 80 to 1 about him let's have a look uh, yep and uh, Olison 80 to 1 uh, William Hill 6 places well, there you go yeah 80 to 1 on Olison that's nice yeah. uh, Jason your picks in the Dubai Desert Classic uh, Robert McIntyre, uh, Lucas Herbert, who I think now might be the best bet of the week. Yeah. Um, and chances on uh, Adrian Naus and uh, Romain Longgask, who shot in 61 at St Andrews in the weeks. Yeah, very nice. Um, <coughs> on to the Farmers Insurance Open. I have managed to avoid the top, so I'm going to go with Maverick McNeely at 35 to 1, which is a little bit shorter than I wanted. Uh, Justin Rose at 50 to 1. JJ Spawn at 50, 55 to 1. Um, and Robbie Shelton at 125 to 1, eight places. Uh, Brad, again, picks for you, please. Uh, Max Homer, 22 to 1. You can get Bet Fred, I think, five places. Um, JJ Spawn, 55 to 1 is the best price you can get about him. Yep. And Taylor Pendriff, 70 to 1. Yep. And Jason, round us off with the farmers' picks, please, mate. Very, very boring. Uh, Tony <laughs> Fee now, Jason Day, and somewhere, somehow, Luke List sunk calling me about it I know he can't win it because he's definitely not going to win back to back anything um, but yeah just just a very quick one um, yeah. Ben's column uh, anybody you'll be too young both of you probably but he makes reference to uh, the mighty live and kicking uh, which was a Saturday morning show when, uh, about 40 years ago 30 years ago something like that um, absolutely brilliant so yeah Ben that's, that's top class writing mate I love that <laughs> Yeah. You are definitely right that I am too young for that. As much as I'm advancing into the 30s this year, um, you don't know definitely... swing. Your, you don't know swing your pants by Trevor Simon then. Uh, probably, Maybe. but I don't wow. know it by name. Wow. Um, you would know so it they... because that's basically the lyrics. So yeah, um, yeah. It's uh... anyway. It's a le- it's a legend <laughs> reference that is absolutely diamond. <laughs> so basically, basically, well done, Ben. Uh, I can't actually congratulate you because I don't know what Jason's talking well, about, but likewise. Yeah, but, but well done. <laughs> Um, one one last note I'm going to say because uh, I would be I would be a little bit peeved if Jason Day won this week and I'm not on. I think he's worth betting. He's a hundred to one currently for the PGA Championship, um, and I think if you're backing him this week to win, 
off the strength of you think he's back, uh, go and bet that as well. Because if he does win this week, that's going to be 50 uh, come Monday or even Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would go and back him for the PGA Championship now. Just whatever stakes you were going to put on, just take a couple of quid off and, and chuck it on that for the PGA Championship as well. I know, obviously, the place terms get a lot better at the time and he could break an arm in between that stage, but um, the value could definitely disappear quite quickly. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, that's so, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I like that. Go and have a look at the 100 to 1s. Uh, there is some six places on that at Coral and Betfred at the moment. There we go, gents. Hopefully, hopefully another one-two finish on on either tour would be nice this week. Um, but we certainly don't anticipate that happening every week. So don't don't have a go at us when we don't get a winner every week. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you all again next week. Thank you.